0: welcome to the decades of strength podcast we are sam marcy sarah and kim and we are four women on one mission we are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence build strength and ditch feelings of unworthiness releasing the shame around your struggles is hard work especially if you feel alone And so we wanted to create this podcast as a way to unite women of all ages, from all locations, all sizes and shapes, and really just want to invite you to sit
1: at our table. Come as you are, health and fitness is for everybody. And we're here to remind you that you belong, you matter, you are brave, you are capable, you are deserving of success. Maybe right now you don't truly believe those things and that's okay.
2: When we first got started, we didn't either. But we promise that each episode, we will show up vulnerably. We want you to realize your potential and the truth of who you really are. We will help you step into success and acknowledge that the power already lies within you.
3: If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review, and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together.:
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Decades of Strength Podcast. I am Marcy. I will be leading today's episode. And joining me is Sam, Sarah and Kim. How are you, ladies? Hello. Well, hello in life. Nice. Hey yep. hey! Just eating so smoothie what are you right now? <laughs> you are eating a smoothie. It looks delicious. It was yeah. like, what is she eating that green over there? Yep. Just just tell the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, tell the listeners what's in this smoothie of yours. It's quite the concoction. Oh my god, you guys! Smoothies yeah, life. By the way, I eat them even during like the dead of winter. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is the dead of winter right now, but um,
0: the key is to not use ice cubes and to use frozen bananas. And if you're trying to watch your calories, you know, you don't have to dump in like 10 bananas, but do like a half a banana or a full frozen banana, peeled, obviously. Um, And then then use some ice cubes if you want. Yeah, right. (laughs) And then I toss in some frozen cauliflower, some other frozen uh, fruit. Like today I did mango. Uh, Sometimes I'll do mango strawberries. Sometimes I'll do like berries, all the things. And then I add in a scoop of protein. I use Bomar Nutrition's protein. It's so good. And uh, I put in some green some green things today. So it looks like mint chocolate chip ice cream, but it does not taste like that. It tastes like a fruit smoothie. Like the- it reminds me of the ocean. Yeah, Love. yeah. Yep. Uh, that's
1: interesting. interesting you say that because I make a smoothie every day. I've had for the past, I don't know, a couple of years at this point and i do use ice and i use frozen fruit and my secret it's not really a secret anymore because i talk about it all the time and other people do too the frozen cauliflower rice that is a game changer good way to get some extra veggies some fiber in there because samantha i do not love the taste of bananas like i like bananas but i feel like they overpower the entire yes. smoothie so that's I all you taste the banana yeah. I'm like i don't want to taste that like when you make us that ice cream when we come to visit, that that is very good. Yeah. But it definitely gives a, a creaminess to the texture, which is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah.
0: Cauliflower is key though. I would actually recommend that you don't use riced cauliflower though. Use whole cauliflower. Well it's first of all, it's way cheaper and you get way more per bag. And actually like the bigger pieces help blend. Like it's gonna get chopped up anyways. like you might as well save yourself money when you buy frozen I I think I've
1: done that in the past where I've got they have a grilled pre-grilled but frozen cauliflower like whole cauliflower pieces at Trader Joe's yeah and I have used that before and it works well too yeah so you guys frozen collie is like the secret to most things in life (laughs) and
0: that's 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 the end of the episode yep see you guys later (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's the secret to eating at
2: night. It's yep. just—you guys want to lose weight? Just eat frozen cauliflower. Just cauliflower. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? I've never tried it. Oh, Kim. girl! Kim, Kim, you're really, crazy. Stop freaking doing out with your this. life. I don't know. Kim girl, come on over. Come on. Over. <laughs> Did you just fire me because I've never right. eaten frozen cauliflower? I'm so
0: <laughs> fired. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: You're all gonna, right. We're right. gonna take you a lot of
0: smoothies for your for your birthday.
1: Let's reel this back in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. Um, real quick, what is what's everybody been up to? Queen Sarah, you just got back from the States. How was your
3: rendezvous? A rendezvous was amazing, but I literally don't know where I am or what my name is right now. So um this is going to be an interesting episode. I apologize to everyone in advance if I'm making less sense than usual. But I had an amazing time. Thank you so much for
1: asking. Well, at least we know you're home safe and not in some random person's apartment.
3: <laughs> well, you <laughs> never you never know. Or am I? Who knows? I <laughs> oh, know where- no,
1: I know that kitchen. I've been there. <laughs>
2: Uh Kim, what's new with you? What's new with me? Um I'm slightly freaking out because I just invested a bunch of money in my business this morning. You know, hiring a very expensive videographer. And so I'm excited, but it it's makes me a little panicky. Well, mm. yeah, That's not so. But
1: you gotta level up, you know. Gotta level up. You gotta invest in yourself to grow. And I'm going to be investing myself probably tomorrow with a new business coach as well. So I'm excited for that. Oh, everyone just invested in business coaches. So Mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam, how about you? New with me?
0: Uh, Let's see. I mean, a lot. I feel like a lot, but I don't really want to dive. We could do the whole episode just about what's new with me, but I don't want (laughs) to. But no, I think the smoothie is really like what's new with me. That's what I've been like jamming on lately. Since I got wisdom teeth out, this has been like I've been having a smoothie a day. Um, not for weight loss reasons, literally just because like I actually really have been enjoying them and they're so easy and I've been so freaking lazy lately that it's like I just put everything in a blender and eat it and then I'm good. I don't have to like prepare anything. So yeah,
1: that's, that's what I've been doing. Yeah. If you, if you add some veggies to there, cause you can even add spinach that doesn't yeah. really taste like anything. Yep, you can I do frozen
2: cauliflower,
1: good. frozen spinach, you know, some fruit your protein powder, and that really is a a well-balanced meal. You know, maybe add a little bit of fat just to give it a little more staying power, so to speak. But everyone talks about the big-ass salad, which I like salads, but I'm not always in the mood for them. Uh, But for me, it's the big-ass smoothie because I make them in one of those ninja blenders. And I let that blend for, like, three minutes, and it takes up the entire thing. Yes! I I get so full,
0: and I'm like... Oh my God. Yeah. You like your stomach. Like I've, I've like laid down after eating a smoothie and your stomach's like. Whoa.
1: I don't want to feel like I've made myself sick from them, but because like you're like, I blend it for so long, like a lot of air gets in it. Yeah. And I yeah. Fast, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much air in my stomach. I need to be popped. <laughs> That's me. That was me last night. My stomach was making
3: the weirdest noises. Lesson
0: learned. Anyways.
3: Slowly I long. literally did not know that we could have so much conversation about smoothies. I know. <laughs> I, about about
2: smoothies, smoothies. <laughs> I <laughs> have nothing eat. to add. I rarely <laughs> eat smoothies. I don't, I, don't really, I don't really love them. That's my A answer. couple of times a year. It's <laughs> <laughs> your birthday. On Any Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. On. Moving That's on to the actual about, episode. It's
1: <laughs> <laughs> talk about a very... Very hot topic, very important topic, topic because it is one that let's say the majority of my clients struggle with and a lot of people who I talk to through the DMs or just you know comments that I get. It is how do I stop eating at night? So that is what this episode is gonna cover. And the idea for this episode came from a little conversation that Sam and I had a couple weeks back when she was visiting me in California and we had gone to dinner at a Thai food restaurant. So we were sitting there waiting for our order and they gave us some lovely jasmine tea that was delicious. So we were sitting there drinking the tea and chatting away and the topic of nighttime eating came up and I looked at her, I looked at my tea and I said, you know, I just want to tell people to drink a cup of tea and go the F to bed. (laughs) Because it can really be as easy as that. (laughs) But uh so that was kind of our joke. That was how this episode came into existence. But we do know, you know, it's not an easy matter. It's something that is rooted in deeper stuff. So while I want to say that it's as easy or as simple as just drinking some tea and going to sleep, we know that is not the case. So we want to talk a little bit about that maybe why you are eating and then some strategies for overcoming it so since i was just talking about you sam let's let you start us off
0: yeah for sure um well i think to to give some context um it's totally, like, it's it's so common. So if you guys are struggling, like, if you're struggling with this, this is, like Marcy said, like, one of the most common things that I think all of our clients experience is, like, nighttime eating, whether it be weeknight eating or, like, after drinking eating at night, if you, if you do drink alcohol, um, it's just, like, easy to do and it's fun and, like, yeah, and, like, winding down from a stressful day at work and, like, that's just what you've done. Um, so just know that it's normal. It's something I actually really struggled with, um, a few years ago for a like for my entire life up until probably, I don't know, a year and a half ago. Um, when I started putting some like rules in place for myself in order to just help me get out of the habit. Um, and so I think generally like eating at night, uh, there's a lot of reasons why that could be happening, but I think I'll touch on two and then we can Maybe I'll just give our input, but I think one of them is um, making sure that your meals, like meal timing throughout the day, like finding a good rhythm of eating for you. So like, say you get home from work at like five or six and you eat dinner at like six or 6.30, then you have like, what, three to five hours before you go to bed? Like, yeah, you're going to get hungry again. Duh. So either create a strategy where maybe your meals shift around a little bit so that maybe dinner's later. Like I, and that's, for me, that's what's worked. Like I don't eat dinner till, I don't know, between like seven and eight, just because I'm not hungry again before I go to sleep. Um, And if I, if I do eat earlier, then I have what's called like a barrier food or barrier drink that if I'm like really freaking hungry and I'm like ravenous, then I'll have that and see like, all right. Can I just wake up? Like knowing that I can wake up in the morning and eat breakfast is really like my saving grace all the time. I'm like, I don't need food right now because all I'm doing is laying in bed. It's not even like I need like the energy or the calories to like sustain me through something. It's like, I'm going to go lay down. And I just, I try to distract myself. So I think that's like a huge thing is... Uh, like, knowing yourself well enough to know that, like, okay, well, like, after dinner, like, I'm good, but then a few hours later, I'm hungry again, so, you know, maybe it means having a bigger dinner or shifting your meals around, or, for me, I think the barrier, barrier food or barrier drink, um, I will have hot chocolate, um, tea, or bubbly water, or a rule for myself I made is, like, I don't eat after eight, and if I need food, it's a protein shake, so, like, um, kitchen closes at eight, unless it's a protein shake. And I like made that little jingle (laughs) for myself. (laughs) And it's like, if I'm, if I'm really hungry, I'll just have a protein shake and that's what I get. And then, um, if I want anything else, it's like, okay, it's just liquids, straight liquids. And that fills me up. And then I just distract myself. So
1: that's my, that's my biggest (laughs) tips. Yeah. Well, I think we could end the episode right there. And we also should, we also should retitle it to like the power of the protein shake or something like that because yeah, it's like, it's solving everyone's problems right now. Uh, No, but that's great. I love the tip of pushing your eating window back a little bit, which for those who are listening with kids that might be hard to do. So like you, Sam, I eat between yeah, seven and eight. Typically right now it's around closer to 7.30, I would say. Uh, and that works for me. So I eat, and then I go to bed at nine thirty, mm-hmm. maybe ten at the latest. Yeah. But I'll even get in bed yeah. and like do my skincare routine, get in bed, journal, read, whatever. And I really don't find myself hungry. And like those other things that I'm doing, they fill me up, so to speak. Yeah. Like from an emotional perspective. Right, And if I do feel, if I do get a craving, like, oh, I could really go for some chocolate or something, I'll just do azevia. That's my barrier food or barrier, you know, something. Um, it's like I'm not soda, by the way, for you guys that don't know. Yeah. It's, it's basically diet soda sweetened with stevia instead of aspartame. Uh, but yeah. So for those people who might be listening and do have kids and they have to eat closer to like 5.30 or 6.00 I have an in-person client right now who's got two young kids, and she sent me a text message the other day of the dinner that she was eating, and it was at 5.30. I'm like, I just had, like, my afternoon snack, and you're eating dinner? (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. I wonder why people are, like, you know, chewing their arm off at 8.30. So, yeah. So, yeah. And the last time, gosh, last time I ate that early when I was in, or was when I was in college and living in the sorority, they fed us at, yeah, between five and six, like senior citizen style. So, Yeah, and then I was, I was raiding the, uh, the little, like, snack kitchen that we had hours later, um, yeah. But anyway.
0: Marcy, what you said, too, before we go on to Kim or, or Sarah, I think it's, like, asking yourself, like, are you doing what you're doing because it's what you've always done, or are you doing what you're doing because it's working? And often like you're doing what you're doing because it's what you learned or what you just, what's quote unquote normal. And it's just a habit and it actually might not be working for you. And you've been spending every day being like, why am I so hungry at night? And it's like, well, maybe you're just naturally hungrier at night. So don't have such a big breakfast. Don't have such a big lunch, save up more calories for dinner. So you can have a big dinner and then you stay fuller until you go to sleep. Like, boom, we just solve all your problems. We just solved the yeah. world.
1: Uh, well, and I know that for a lot of people, like I have clients who are so busy during the day that they don't have the time to eat or they forget to eat. And I'm like, who are you serial killers? Because I never forget to eat, <laughs> but, no, but you it's know, fun. or maybe like, yeah, maybe because the stress is high, they've got a lot going on. Like they don't think about food as much. They, right. That stress response is almost blunting their hunger signal a little bit. Yeah. But then they could be just not fueling themselves properly throughout the day so maybe they're you know getting by on caffeine or snack foods things like that. So once they finally come home and the stress gets relieved a little bit and they're unwinding and it's like oh I can finally breathe yeah. then that hunger response really kicks in and the other component is you know a lot of the times hunger is emotional not just physical mm-hmm. which is why a lot of people I think are eating After dinner, because it is filling some type of void. For sure. But like you said, this is at this point a learned behavior. But anything you learn to do, you you can unlearn. And just like with any habit, the way that you break a bad habit is to replace it with a better one. Yeah. So the tips that you gave, you know, drinking the tea for me, it's drinking the Zevia, you know, whatever that might be. Um, one other strategy that I will use with people. More so the people who are, or the clients who are counting macros, and they can work about counting macros either. You just have to be a little bit more aware of your hunger and fullness cues during the day is to allocate yourself like a small treat like meal or snack after dinner. So maybe that's some halo top or it's some Greek yogurt and berries, you no, know, whatever it is for you that, or even a piece of chocolate, like it can be whatever that helps you. But I will have clients who are counting their macros actually incorporate that first thing in their day so that they've now allocated the calories for it and they can just reverse engineer their day. But they're still able to eat after dinner, but it's not going to slow their progress.
0: Yeah, that's huge. Having a go-to. I would say like have your go-to little like when I'm hungry at night uh, meal library. So, whether it's a meal, but, like, you know, like, a go-to thing. I actually have a, I have a sticky note right in front of my face right now, and it's just called Barriers, and I write this shit down because I forget, like, because I'll just default go to food, but I'm like, am I really hungry? Am I just craving something? Do I just want to chew something? So, like, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll usually go to a liquid first, and then if I'm still feeling something, then okay, cool. I'll, I'll practice that in moderation. But I think like what you said, Mars, um, having a little something every day. I know that's what's anytime I've been in a phallus phase, I make sure I have something sweet every day
1: or at least build it in. And then if I
0: don't want it, I don't have to have it.
1: Yeah. And for me, like that's the smoothie during the day. So it's the fact that, uh, I call them buffer foods. I learned that from Jay Tita and Jill Coleman. So you've got like your buffer foods and your trigger foods, the trigger foods are going to make you <laughs> Or, just like I talked about in my stories yesterday, nut butters, crackers, chips, those are trigger foods for me. But a barrier food or a buffer food for me would be the smoothie, would be like the oatmeal with protein powder, you know, to kind of give me that Mm -hmm. sweet. So those foods don't have to be incorporated just at the end of the night. They can be incorporated during the day too to take the edge off so that when nighttime comes, you don't feel deprived and like you need to eat everything in sight. Right. Yeah, but um, yeah, when I first, when I hired my first online coach, gosh, this was like 10 years ago, and he had me on a meal plan, and my last meal of the day was a scoop of protein powder and like a tablespoon of peanut butter or something like that, so I figured out how to make this protein ice cream concoction that was just so delicious, and yeah, knowing that I had that to look forward to, and I had that at the end of the night, like I didn't want or need to eat anything afterwards, so yeah. Yeah, find find something that works for you for sure.
2: Uh, Kim, let's hear from you. So, from a personal standpoint, uh, nighttime eating was a huge struggle for me. It was definitely a part of the reason I was overweight for so long. Um, I may have talked about this here on the program before, but nighttime for me as a mom meant um, a break. You know, I would get the kids in bed. My kids were young. And when they got in bed, I wanted to relax and enjoy myself. And for me, that was usually reading and eating all the things. And so, you know, cookies was a big one, cookies and pretzels. And I would eat and eat meat. And I did this for years and It always felt okay in my mind. It was not the reason I was overweight in my mind because I didn't, in my mind, I'm using air quotes here, eat that much during the day because I was busy and I just never felt like I ate that much, you know, but all those calories add up. And so I felt like I had room for these treats. And so I definitely was a big nighttime eater. It's interesting what you said about the tea and you're like, just, you know, just drink the tea and go to bed. And then you're like, oh, it's not necessarily that simple. In some ways it is. It just takes a long time to get to that point because now- It doesn't feel like a deal to me that I'm not having a treat. Like I don't need a treat every night. It doesn't occur to me to have a treat every night. It had become such an ingrained habit. Breaking that habit was hard. That was challenging. And it's where I find a lot of my clients at that spot right now. Eventually you can get to the point where just like that was your norm, that drinking a cup of tea in the evening, not eating after dinner in the evening can become your new norm. It takes time to get there. And I will say it's not the answer for everybody. I have probably a pretty equal amount, maybe not quite equal, but I have plenty of clients who for them, success with overcoming overeating at night is they have a dedicated snack. I have one client who has Halo Top every single night and that is her thing. It actually keeps her on track during the day. She goes to a lot of catered meals for work and she doesn't eat all the things because she knows she wants to have the calories for the Halo Top. She's got them planned in first thing. So that's for her. I have other clients who their rule is kitchen is closed after dinner because for them going in and eating leads to more eating. It's yeah, harder to manage. And for them, it's dates. easier. What's that, Sam?
0: It like open ups, opens up the floodgates. Yeah. That's how I feel.
2: Yeah. And so yeah. for these other clients, that's the right approach. And mm-hmm. so for different people, it's different things. So, you know, the other big piece of it is why are you eating? I'm Are Are you eating super tiny meals in an effort to save calories that go super fast if you eat them on, you know, really high density food, right? So if you have, if you tried eating a teeny tiny dinner, so you have some calories left over, but that calorie went fast because you ate peanut butter, that's probably not a great strategy. And so looking to like eating a satisfying enough meal can help. So knowing why you're eating at night and then figuring out through trial and error, what works to help get those calories under control is what I do with my clients.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that.
2: Yeah. And it, it really
1: is so individual. Cause I was talking to a client last week who says that she doesn't really like to eat a lot at night. She's like, I'm just kind of a snacker. Like, I don't like a big dinner. So it really is an individual approach. And like you said, Kim, uh, well, let me back up a little bit. There's a woman named Gretchen Rubin. So she, she's her. an author. Yeah. Happiness. So she writes a lot. Yeah. The happiness, like the happiness project, happiness at home or happier at home. But she started to talk a lot more about habit change and she categorizes people in a certain way. So she's got a couple of different frameworks that she uses, but for this conversation, I will discuss her abstainer versus moderator uh, type. So, and you know, I think that this is really true and it's something that I struggle with. Because I don't want to say, I don't, I don't want to come at it from the standpoint where there are good foods and bad foods. And if you have trigger foods, you should keep them out of the house. But I'll be honest. I mean, there are certain things that I can control myself around and others that in a weak moment, or if I'm in the wrong environment, I'm overly hungry. Again, I talked about this on my stories yesterday. Like I don't really bring snacky food into the house. And I was at a friend's house who had these Simple Mills almond flour crackers that I really wanted to try because I've seen them for a long time. Like, oh, those look really good, but I know that's not food that I want to bring into my house, so I never buy them. I tried some and I was like, all right, these are delicious. And I told myself, I'm only going to have a few. I'm going to eat them on the couch. I'm going to walk away from the box. And because they were so good, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go for a few more. And this time I want to try the other flavor. So I was just eating them out of the box while talking. It was very mindless. I was starving. I had not eaten a full meal prior to that.
2: Mm.
1: Um, So it was really easy to overeat. So for me, I am more of an abstainer with certain things, which basically means it's just easier for me not to have those. Now there are foods that I can moderate. So uh, let's see. I'm the same as you, Mars. Yeah, I'm trying to think like what a good moderation. I've gotten to the point where I can moderate cereal pretty well. Like I can have one bowl and be like, "All right, I'm good," because I pour it out. You know, I walk away, I eat it slowly. But anything that you can just eat out of the box is that's nut tough. I, I, uh,
0: to I, mean,
1: I don't think there's anyone who has not had a hard time at some point controlling themselves around a nut butter, right? Mm-hmm. And But anyway, so yeah, like asking yourself, am I an abstainer or a moderator? Do I do better if I just don't eat the stuff? And I have a client who she knows. I'm like, I always say, know thyself. And if it is easier for you, like she did really well. She lost a lot of weight cutting out sugar. And she didn't have cravings. Like it wasn't a big deal for her. So she is more the abstainer. Maybe you are someone who is the moderator and you do better having a little bit of something knowing that you have that self-control. So there are a lot of strategies to, you know, navigate this situation, but it all comes down to knowing what works for you. And then also knowing that you're not going to be perfect. So even if you say, okay, kitchen is closed, I don't eat past 8 p.m., you know, that may not always work. So you have to give yourself grace. and, And this is a practice, you know, it doesn't just, you don't flip the switch overnight. So be gentle with
3: yourself. Uh, Sarah, anything you want to add? (laughs) Well, I think you've pretty much all, like, you know, covered everything. Um, My own personal approach is that I will eat probably my biggest amount of food in the evenings. So I will eat, you know, medium breakfast, medium lunch, and then the evenings I'll have a main meal and I will always have something like sweet. So I am, you know, a halo top or, a banana and ice cream or maybe yogurt and something um, and that works for me. I have permission to do that and um, I do so I never feel the need to then carry on and eat more. Um, I will always say to my clients because obviously you know same as you guys it is, it is a struggle. Um, I always get them to ask themselves You know, what by me eating this, what kind of problem am I trying to solve? Is it a hunger problem or is it a boredom problem? Or what why why am I about to actually do this? And that is kind of quite a powerful questioning because when you're having to actually, you know, stop and think about it and be being honest about what it is that you're trying to gain out of eating this, you know, food then it can quite often stop you in your tracks, especially when you're having to say, yeah, it's because I feel lonely or I feel unhappy or, you know, I'm just bored because we all know if we are being 100% honest with ourselves that that is not a justification for eating food. And so if you are you know struggling with this every every night and you haven't stopped and you haven't asked yourself and gotten really real with yourself about why you are eating then you are always going to find it really hard to kind of get things under control because if you're in denial oh i'm i'm because i'm still hungry in the evening but actually you've never asked your question is it hunger or is it an emotional uh, void that you're trying to fill then the chances of you ever dealing with it properly are pretty slim so yeah.
1: so glad you brought that up because like i always say and i've been having this conversation over and over again really the past couple of weeks especially it's never about the food oh, and it's never about the food although you know i was talking to someone and she's like you know what like because she had gone on vacation and overdid it. She knew that she overdid it. And when she came back, she was feeling a little bit of shame around the fact that she had committed to staying on track as much as possible, but she did not keep that promise to herself. So I was trying to do, you know, the, the deeper work of investigating. Why do you really feel that? Why, why did this happen? Is it an emotional thing and she was like, you know what, it, it really isn't like, I don't use for her, it's alcohol. Like she loves to drink her wine. She's like, I just like the taste. I just enjoy it. And I'm like, you know what, I understand that because I really like food and I don't Oh, I mean, yes, sometimes I've used it to, to numb or to distract myself because I'm stressed out, I'm anxious, you know, whatever it may be. And it is that temporary distraction, but it's just that it's only temporary. <laughs> the feeling is always going to be there once the food is done, yeah. uh, which is so sad. Um, but where was I even going with that? Oh yeah. I was like, I just like food. It's like, yeah, I just like wine. So maybe in some cases it is about the food, you know, and I don't have much of a satiety mechanism. Like I'm not one of those people who gets full really quick. Like I can just kind of eat a lot. (laughs) Uh, I always joke that with my my boyfriend who's like a 250 pound power lifter, I could eat him under the table all day long. So sometimes you maybe you do dislike food and it's not an emotional issue, but nine times out of 10, it is something way deeper than that. And Kim put up a great post last week. If hunger is not the problem, food is not the solution. I'm paraphrasing, but Yeah, it's very true. So getting to the root of what is really going on, what emotion you are trying to numb, distract, deflect by eating. And Sarah, maybe you can talk about your journaling process because I know that's something that you use with a lot of clients. Like, Can you give the listeners a, a prompt or just some guidance for maybe how they can work through these emotions or even uncover what could be coming up for them
3: yeah for sure um I'm actually going to be releasing something soon which is going to be like journal prompts for certain situations and one of them is going to be sort of around um eating so it's basically when you're when you're feeling that you want to go and eat you kind of go to your journal and you would answer questions almost like you are being asked by someone else so it feels like a kind of like two-way conversation so you would write the question so um why so this is me just off the top of my head so why why what is the motivation for me to eat right now and then you would just kind of free read free write into that you know I want to eat because blah 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 And then you can kind of look at your answers and ask yourself, okay, well, is that a good justification for me wanting to eat? And then you also, a really powerful question is to ask yourself, like, how am I going to feel in an hour from now if I go ahead and, you know, eat whatever it is? Am I going to feel like I made a good decision for myself? Am I going to feel like I um, made a decision as kind of old version of me? Or is this a decision that I made um, in the kind of shoes of the person that I am trying to come? So it's kind of the the journal just helps you to be able to think outside of your current mindset. Because when you are in your head and you are in that moment and you are in the kitchen and you are either fulfilling a habit that is so deeply ingrained that you, you're just like almost in automatic pilot or you are in there and you're feeling a certain feeling and you're scrabbling around because it feels uncomfortable and you want it to go away, the journaling just gives you something to think, okay, I can, I can go and distract myself doing the journaling to help this feeling go away, and by doing that, I will help myself to make a more formulated um, and kind of conscious decision, rather than just walking to the kitchen, and taking the very first line of action, which you maybe always done, which is to head to the fridge or the freezer, or the, you know, the cookie, the cookie jar. So it's kind of just like my clients have had like amazing results. I had one of my clients who basically messaged me a couple of days ago, and she was like. I have literally ridden out an hour of wanting to go and binge purely by opening up a journal and starting to free write out everything that was in her head, why she wanted to do it, what it was gonna feel like, what was the other voice in her head telling her the whole thing. And she basically took herself from having that overpowering urge to just go to the shop and eat absolutely everything, to literally at the end of it, sitting there and going, you know what? That's not actually what I want to do. That's not, that's not going to make me feel good. I'm walking away. and not doing it and just getting on with her day. And it was just like, amen, hallelujah. Like she was so like happy for herself. So yeah, it's powerful.
1: Yeah, dude. So amazing. I, you know, I will share this, the times that in the past, I'm not, I've never been a binge eater, but I've definitely had my episodes where, I stand up in the pantry or over the counter, you know, eating the peanut butter off the spoon, eating the cereal out of the box or the chips, whatever it may be. And it's like, I do that when something is weighing on me and I'm like trying to figure out a solution to it. So there's like a conversation that I need to have or a problem that I'm trying to solve and I sit there and I like talk myself through it. And I try to try to solve the problem in my head while mindlessly eating. It's so weird. <laughs>
2: you know? I'm with you, Marcy. I do that.
1: Yes. 100%. Yeah. percent. I get that. Yeah. And definitely. it's like, you said, it's, it's so mindless. It's totally on autopilot. It's like, I know that I'm doing it. I'm not having an out of body experience. I can even mm-hmm. say like, what the hell are you doing, Nevin? Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is just ridiculous, but it, it can be hard to stop. Um, especially if the food tastes good. So I love that, Sarah. I hope that the listeners use that or utilize that approach. And I am going to utilize that for myself because I do journal every morning, every night, but I'm not always, or haven't really gotten into the habit of doing it when those emotions like come up in the moment. So yeah. that's I mean. Yeah.
2: yeah. It's a, it's a really great strategy that I use with my clients as well. The journaling piece when they, when they want to eat in a way that they know is not going to serve them. On top of that, I'd be curious to hear from you ladies. And I'll, I'll share one too. Besides like that, that big awareness of why am I doing this? I feel like there's a very practical piece that has to happen as well. It doesn't have to, that can really help as well. Um, having, um, a setup in your home that is conducive to not eating at night, um, whether that's what's there in the house or what um, guidelines you give yourself. And so just two days ago, one of my clients was telling me that she's been struggling. She was making really great progress and she's kind of installed a little bit. And we we talked about what has been going on. And she said, you know, um, I've been eating a lot in my bedroom. And I was like, oh, you know, tell me about that. And she said that her boyfriend likes to play video games. And so she doesn't want to stay out there after dinner while he plays video games. So she does her relaxing in the bedroom. And so she started keeping candy in the bedside table. Anyway, so we had this conversation about like, is that working and why that's not working for her? And so she came to the conclusion that her rule for herself is going to be there's no food allowed in the bedroom. Like she's not bringing food back and she's not keeping it in the house. She's not keeping it in the room. And so if she goes back to her bedroom to relax and she wants food, she can still get up and go have it, but she has to eat it out in the kitchen. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a big game changer for her, you know, literally just the fact that you have to get out of bed if you're comfy, right? Um, yeah. It's yes. easier than reaching over to the bedside table. So I'm curious, like, what kind of experiences you've had with your clients about situa- how they set set themselves up practically to not indulge in overeating at night? I'll, mm. I'll dig
0: into that a little bit only because I had to do this for myself first. And it was like, in order to change your mental state, like change your physical state. So that for me is huge in this, like, what I, I like, I use the exercise called like practicing the pause. It's similar to what Sarah talks about, about journaling, but um, creating a practice the pause like checklist. So having go-to things that you can do to basically buy yourself time and distract yourself a little bit so that you can make a decision based on your future you. So like the most fit or healthy or successful version of you and like, cause we can't solve emotional problems with our logical minds. It doesn't work. Like, so there's like that disconnect. And so I think like, for me, I always ask myself, like, how will I feel before I go to bed? Like, am I going to regret this decision before I go to bed? And that literally keeps me so in line with the decisions that I know I'm going to feel good or bad about when I get into bed at night. Because that's when you think about all the things from the day. You're like, oh my God, I shouldn't have done that. Or like, I wish I did this. And so I think asking myself that question and then having that checklist of like physical changes. So like for me, it's walking. Like I've talked about this a lot, like walk, going for a walk before you binge. Like, okay, before you're going to have a nighttime snack, go ahead and have the nighttime snack, but go for a five minute walk. And if you come back and you still want it, then it gives you time to create a plan around the uh, portion or what you're gonna have, and make a a really mindful decision. Um, or it could be I'm gonna call my friend for five minutes, or I'm going to journal, like Sarah said, um, because journaling's not like journaling won't be everyone's like thing. And so having like knowing yourself and being like I'm not gonna sit down and write my feelings, like I'm just not. And for me, that's not me either. Like I would rather go for a five minute walk, and it usually is like Oh yeah, I'm good. I don't actually it gave me the dopamine hit I actually wanted and not the, not the chocolate salty crunchy thing that I was originally going to go for.
1: (laughs) Which also gives you a dopamine hit, but never feels good after the fact. Yeah. No, I love that. And I say too, I think, I think walking is the game changer. It really is. And if people can just, like you said, get out even for five minutes, I say whatever pent up energy or emotion you have that is wanting you or that is causing you to want to eat, move that energy through you. Yes. Go for a walk. Just, you know, jump around, dance. Dancing's wonderful. Yes. Samantha, oh I know you can attest to that. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. And for me, you know, my kind of like transition is as soon as I eat dinner, I go and do my skincare routine. And like, that is very, it's like self-soothing, which, yeah. you know, we self-soothe with food, but that's how I do it. And then uh, the other thing that you were saying about, you know, how do you want to feel when you go to bed? I've kind of coined this phrase for myself or and for clients, what I call the pillow test. So when your head hits the pillow at night, how do you want to feel? And oh, nice. you, I like that.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, because it's when your head hits the pillow that you start having those racing thoughts like, oh my gosh, like I really screwed up. I can't believe I did that. You know, and no one wants to feel that way. So yeah, when you are going to engage in that behavior, pause and ask yourself, how do I want to feel tonight when my head hits the pillow? And every time that you do something that was not in alignment with your goal or how you want to feel, it chips at your, chips away at your confidence just a little bit, you know, and then that can make it more difficult to, to change the behavior to actually, you know, start implementing these things. And, and lastly, the, uh, the other thing that I do when I get into bed, I have what's called the five minute journal and it literally takes five minutes or less likely two minutes. And one of the questions is what went well today? So you write down three things that went well, and then what are two things that could have gone better? So that's really nice because every day I know that I'm going to get in bed and I'm going to fill that out. And it makes me ask, who do I want to be today? What do I want to write in that journal? You know, And I want to keep those promises. I want to make myself proud. So that can be another good thing just to journal a little bit reflecting on your day and asking yourself did i show up as the highest version of me
0: love that yeah. oh my god you guys are going to overcome bit,
1: like nighttime eating like in no time yeah <laughs> we got you <laughs> yeah cuz it really i mean it it's not it's simple it's not easy so this may take some practice but if you can really let all this stuff sink in and Think about it. Find an approach that you feel would work best for you. This is something that you can absolutely overcome. Yeah. And-, and DM yeah. us. You can, like, yeah, ask I- any of us questions about this. I think we've all had
0: experience nighttime eating, and we probably still do. Like, I still do. And it's now just a matter of, like, understanding when it comes up, maybe what emotions trigger it, um, and then learning, and just getting to know yourself better and better every day. Practice meetings. Practice, practice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is a practice and a practice that will not be linear. So you may not be perfect, but that's okay. You will get better and better. And, you know, you may want to assess your progress with this where you say, okay, I'm overeating at night every single day. I'm going to go down to just five days a week. And if you do five days a week, then that's progress. And you're building some confidence. And now you're like, okay, I can try four. And then you slowly get down to the point where, you know, you're not doing it anymore. So, right. Yeah. All right, ladies. Well, this was amazing. So drink some tea, drink a smoothie, (laughs) (laughs) go to F to bed. (laughs) Because really let me, let me end on this point by staying up too late, you know, scrolling Instagram, watching TV, eating whatever it is that you're doing to unwind and decompress, if you are going to bed too late, you are going to feel terrible in the morning. And sleep is the number one thing that you can do to manage your hunger, your energy, your cravings, all of that. So if you're going to bed too late and you're only getting you know five, six hours of sleep, please believe that you're going to struggle with cravings the next day and hunger too. So if you can go to bed at a good hour, get seven, eight hours of sleep minimum, then that's going to make this a lot easier too. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you on the next episode. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. All right, that wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious, and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us.
3: If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review, and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic
2: table together.
1: We love you. We appreciate you. And we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode.
2: Four women, one mission. We are the decades of strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.